Hello and welcome. This is Self-Control, How to Build a Better Life, the podcast that will inspire you to take control of your mind and your mindset to go forward and build the life that you want to live, the life that you deserve to live. And in fact, it may not be that far away if you're willing to, you know, do a little bit of the hard work of getting to know yourself, getting to understand how to control yourself. I want to talk today about something that many of us do. It's socially acceptable. It's on every street corner, but it was in fact ruining my quality of life. That is coffee. Drinking coffee every day was reducing my quality of life. It was stressing me out, ratcheting up my anxiety and really making life just that little bit that little bit unenjoyable. There was an edge to my life that I am only now seeing in retrospect because of coffee. And I'm very glad to have eliminated it from my life. And I'm wondering if maybe uh, some of my insights from that process could be useful to you if caffeine is something that you use and you, on the other hand, maybe have some issues with stress, anxiety, feeling rushed, uh, frequent urination, dehydration, Uh, strange eating habits, poor sleep, all these things. Caffeine can wreak havoc on us in a very sinister and subtle way. So let's talk about it. Talk a little bit about how it works. Talk about how I became aware of this in the first place and the three ways that it affected me uh, the most. I will also speak briefly today on how I quit coffee. So if you're looking to maybe quit drinking coffee or, or quit some other bad habit, I think this will apply. So stay tuned for that. We're going to walk through all that as quickly as I can and try and uh, bring some value to you and help you live a better life. So first and foremost, I have to say, I do draw the line at telling people what to put in their bodies or what not to put in their bodies. I'm not telling you to quit drinking coffee. I'm telling you that somebody suggested that I should maybe think about doing it. I eventually did do it and my life has gotten better. But I think a lot of content creators, podcasters, you know, Twitter famous people, they prescribe. They prescribe a blanket solution to everybody. And I I just, I don't want to do that. I think that's where they stray. I think that's how you build cults. Uh, I simply want you to think for yourself about what I'm telling you here today. And you know, when I talk about, as I have in the past and will today, and reducing anxiety, reducing stress, beating depression, um... What I'm offering is a tool that you could add to your toolkit. I'm not going to say, you know, stop going to therapy and just think like I do or stop taking your meds and just think like I do. Um, This is hopefully something you could add to the arsenal, add to the fight. It doesn't even have to be a fight, but let's just say this is something you can take along with you on your journey of becoming. So with that said, if you find that you have issues with stress, with anxiety, with uh, feeling rushed during the day, you know, feeling like you just have to go get things done all the time and it's you're kind of always chasing the day. Uh, if you feel maybe that living life is some kind of, and it antagonizes you, you know, if there's an edge to life where you kind of, uh, you're not always at peace, you just can't seem to be fully uh, aware or happy all the time. You know, if something doesn't go your way, it seems like a challenge to you. Uh, if, if, small things become big things in your mind because you feel a certain amount of just like base level stress. If you have problems with sleep, if you have problems with dehydration because you're always urinating, <laughs> that's a that's a, a really weird one, but a big one when it comes to coffee. You may need to uh, truly consider the role that caffeine is playing in your life. It can come in the form of coffee, energy drinks, chocolate, right? It's, it's, it's in everything truly. Like there's caffeine and chocolate ice cream. And sometimes, you know, I personally wouldn't even think about that here. I'm eating some chocolate ice cream 
a few hours before bed and then having a terrible sleep. Well, caffeine, caffeine really wreaks havoc on our nervous system. So I've been drinking coffee for about 10 years uh, up until, you know, this past summer. Um, and like most people, I started in university, right? Like it's a stimulant, right? It's an upper, it's very good for those late night study sessions or those evening labs or to, you know, to get you through a day of classes when you've been out having too much fun the night before. But what happened was I graduated and then now I'm into a full-on lifestyle with coffee where I'm just kind of using it as a crutch. And I developed a physical addiction, meaning I would get headaches if I didn't have that first cup pretty pretty quick in the morning after waking up. And again, when it comes to coffee, you know, it's socially acceptable. It's a socially acceptable drug. It's on every street corner. It's very easy to get. There's mega, mega, mega corporations that make billions of dollars off it. It's a part of our society. And many, many people, I think, uh, are addicted to it like I was. But many people may not realize the the destruction that it's that it's doing to them. You know, it's very easy to get your hands on some coffee. You could drink it all day long if you wanted to. It comes in many forms. Uh, caffeine itself is in just about anything. But we need to understand that caffeine does not in fact make us, doesn't give us energy. In fact, my friend Jahan, who I'm going to talk a bit more about him in a minute. My friend Jahan said that caffeine borrows from tomorrow's energy because Caffeine, and here I'm going to put my white lab coat on, trust me on this. Caffeine binds to a receptor in our brain that normally is an adenosine receptor. And adenosine is the chemical that as it begins to rise in our brain over the course of the day, it cues uh, sleepiness. So when caffeine binds to adenosine receptors in the brain, it doesn't trigger that those neural pathways to create sleepiness and in fact prevents us from feeling sleepy. So you can understand... It's not that you've been given some magical energy. It's that your body has been prevented from doing the natural rhythm of uh, feeling like it's time to go to bed at bedtime. And it's also important to note that caffeine can stay in our bloodstream for 10 to 12 hours. So if you're sensitive to it, like I probably am, you know, you could drink a cup of coffee or two, three cups of coffee in the morning into the mid or early afternoon. And then even when you're trying to go to bed a few hours later or, you know, at nighttime, that caffeine is still at work in your brain presenting, or uh, preventing, I should say, that adenosine response, preventing that sleepiness, preventing that natural sort of falling into sleep. So about a year ago, when I was doing this podcast under another name, I interviewed Jahan Satower. And you may recall just a few months ago, I, I interviewed him again uh, for the Self-Control podcast. Now, Jahan himself is a podcaster and content creator, but he's also a, a therapist, a cognitive behavioral therapist and a hypnotherapist. He works with many, many people to help them improve their quality of life. And what he's discovered is that a big part of our reduction in quality of life is due to neurotoxins, caffeine being another primary driver of people living a poor quality of life, quite frankly. So I actually want to, I went down and I pulled out the clip from the old podcast with Jahan explaining how caffeine works on the nervous system and what it actually does to us. So let's listen to Jahan's uh, explanation of the science behind caffeine right now. And oftentimes, even if somebody doesn't come to me for health coaching, there's changes that they need to make, like they need to stop drinking coffee, for example, mm -hmm. because coffee is the thing that throws you into fight or flight more than anything else, and it's the most consumed beverage. Yeah. And the reason for that is because we're hypnotized to believe that it's good for us, mm -hmm. right? And just to talk about that for a second and you know piss off all your listeners that are yeah. probably sipping on a cup of coffee right now mm -hmm. 
the consumption of caffeine in in general whether it's caffeinated tea whatever if Mm -hmm. it's in chocolate whatever caffeine causes the neurons of the brain to fire so rapidly Mm. that a chemical response is triggered in the pituitary gland Mm. and this response is the production of ACTH which is adrenocorticotrophic hormone Mm. so ACTH communicates to the adrenal glands to produce stress hormones these go on and then act directly on the brain and the nervous system in detrimental ways and mm-hmm. well, yeah. like I said before, it pushes you into fight or flight, which means that consuming caffeine daily causes the majority of us to be walking around in emergency stress mode. And so the subconscious <laughs> mind is running your life. You are not running your life. Right. The instant you raise that cup of coffee to your lips, the game is over for you. 95% of your life, you are in the subconscious. <laughs> and it affects our brain's ability to solve problems. It doesn't aid in cognition like they say. Mm. So everything... unknown to us is actually a tremendous challenge for us Mm -hmm. and it's raising your cortisol levels for 18 hours so by the time you you have de-stressed from that cortisol rush Mm -hmm. you know you're trying to go to sleep (laughs) and you're you're not doing so well at it like you're not sleeping as well as you think you are if you if you're if you're eating whatever you eat in your regular diet just to keep it simple and Mm -hmm. you still feel irritable or depressed or anxious or even fatigued Mm -hmm. at certain points throughout the day you should probably take an inventory of the things that you're consuming because there's a a a good chance that caffeine is buried in those things and then it's greatly screwing up your life because (laughs) it's throwing you into the subconscious programs and whatever poor results you're creating in your life then you got to take a look at your subconscious programs and see what programs could I be running Mm -hmm. that's causing this. So after hearing that, I got to tell you, I was never the same again. And I knew in my, in my heart that I would one day have to quit drinking coffee. And when I last spoke to Jahan, we we both kind of laughed because he suggested I quit coffee. And that was back of in April of 2022. And it wasn't until about September of 2022 that I started uh, the process of quitting. And then I would say by December, of 2022, I was, I was off of caffeine. You know, Jahan bugged me when we spoke (laughs) in February. He said, when I told you about it the first time, your subconscious programming stopped you and it spoke for you. And it said, well, I don't think I can do that. And that's a response that I've found from a lot of people when you present this idea to them. It is radical, right? Because coffee is so uh, socially acceptable and it's marketed in a way where it's like, it's happy. It's a warm thing. It's good for you. It keeps you going. It gets you through the day. Why wouldn't you want the miracle elixir? But that's part of the sinister nature of it. And I, I really have to say that once Jahan explained to me that the way caffeine works on our brain, on our nervous system, it puts us into a perpetual, as long as we're drinking it every day, a perpetual state of stress. We're in fight or flight mode all the time, right? That's kind of a low grade baseline stress due to drinking coffee, right? So when I say, if you feel challenged during the day, right? If you feel antagonized by just regular average things, it could be because Coffee has put you in this state of fight or flight. You're in a stressed out state and things that come into your perception now suddenly look like challenges, look like something you need to deal with, right? Something that you need to be afraid of perhaps when it could just be a regular everyday thing. And I can honestly say now in retrospect, uh, about six months or so without caffeine and looking back on my journals from, from 
years past and just thinking about life um, even as recently as as last summer last spring everything everything was a struggle and in a, in a little in a little minor way there was an edge to life that I didn't need to have now that that's gone I'm truly truly I could say I'm relaxed for once I'm chill I'm just I'm allowing life to in some senses what I can't control happens and I just do what I can do but I don't feel like I'm being put upon or challenged or antagonized by life thanks to finally getting off the coffee but you know when it comes to issues of mental health and substance abuse and mindset Quite often, it's a lack of awareness that that exists. Like we're numb to the fact that we are harming ourselves. We're, we're numb to how we're abusing ourselves. And if we're if we're so used to drinking coffee, right? Like if you're consuming something every day for ten years, the chances are you're not at all aware of how it's really affecting you. So it's only in retrospect that we realize how we're hurting ourselves. It's only in looking back after having quit the behavior how how detrimental it truly was. Okay, so let me tell you now the three ways that I identified that coffee was really uh, making my life hard, ruining my quality of life, and then we'll talk about how I quit drinking the stuff. Okay, the first way in which my consumption of coffee was, you know, reducing my quality of life, making life a little bit more difficult than it had to be, simply the time I spent <laughs> dealing with coffee and, and how it affected my lifestyle, right? So as recently as this past November, I was drinking mostly decaf coffee, but I would, I, I had to have it first thing in the morning. So now my morning routine is built around getting up, grinding the beans, making the coffee, having my little ritual, sitting there and drinking it. Well, that could be half an hour, right? So now simply by quitting coffee, I've managed to inject half an hour of time back into my day. Also, if I was away from home, traveling, not sleeping in my own bed, waking up, not in my own bed, I had to be aware of, well, where's the coffee supply, right? Am I at the hotel? Do I need to go buy some coffee? Is there a coffee maker here? Um, if I'm at a friend's place, you know, what's the situation? Are they going to make me some coffee in the morning? Because I'm going to get a headache if I don't get coffee first thing in the morning. Sounds like a drug problem, doesn't it? <laughs> and so like I say, now that I don't build my morning routine around coffee, I've actually been able to overhaul my entire morning routine. I moved my journaling into the evening and now my morning can simply be go for a walk, get a workout and then get to work. I'm not worried about, uh, do I have the coffee beans? Oh, I got to boil the water. Oh, okay. I got to sit down, drink this coffee, think about blah, blah, blah. The time saved and the stress reduction of not having a vice first thing in the morning, not having to sit down and drink that hot cup of <laughs> stress first thing in the morning has, uh, elevated my quality of life immeasurably. Truly, I get way more done in the morning. I get way more done in the day because I don't sit down to start my day with a cup of stress. All right, the second way in which coffee was reducing my quality of life, it wreaked havoc on my nervous system. It led to anxiety and it actually led to dehydration as well. So we understand how coffee does not truly energize us in any real way. Uh, it, it stresses us out. It puts us on alert right? And it actually, in, in the long run, steals our energy. And like I said, reading my journals from last year, I could sense how in a lot of ways I felt antagonized by life, by simple things felt like challenges, simple things felt like a problem. When nowadays these things happen to me and I see them for what they are, it's not like anything has been done to me, right? It's just that I can now clearly see the issue for what it is. And that's because I'm not in that fight or flight mode every day anymore. I'm not at that baseline of stress up to my eyeballs. I'm 
the stress is way down and I'm not in, I, I'm not doing it to myself anymore. As well, coffee is a, or caffeine at least is a diuretic, right? So it causes urination. So a lot of the times, you know, I'd get up, drink some water, drink some coffee. And then by the time I'm getting to where I'm going in the morning, I had to use the bathroom so urgently. It was like, it was a problem. And in fact, I had to urinate, uh, let's say, uh, in a, at a crisis level, uh, all day long, in fact, and that might not be the case for everybody, but it, it really, it really led to that stress level, which then led to that diuretic effect. And when you're always, when you're always urinating, you know, your body is moving a lot of water. It's not keeping that water for the processes that it needs. And a lot of minerals are going out the door as well. So you're dehydrated, you're deeply dehydrated. And it's kind of a sinister thing, coffee, because two major factors for aging us, at least making us look aged, uh, is chronic stress and chronic dehydration. Well, coffee's good for both of those things. So I'm not going to say that drinking coffee will prematurely age you, but I don't like the road that I was on, uh, pissing my pants every morning and, and being in a stressed out state. I'm glad that I was able to stop drinking this stuff. Uh, you know, at least, at least now in my mid thirties. I also noticed that having now quit coffee, the anxiety level is just way, way down. It's like for me, anxiety, and I'm not sure if this is the case for you, but for me, you know, my anxiety took on, it was like a bloodhound pulling on the leash, right? It was like next, next, next. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. What's next? What's next? But then also, well, what if, what if this happens? What what if it's like this tornado of, of, um, of hypotheticals going on in my mind, that's all gone now. And, and that anxiety would, would persist early in the morning before I drank coffee throughout the day. And it was fueled by the caffeine, but I think I also got myself to a place where I was just at a baseline of anxiety due, due I think, in large part to the caffeine. So I really got to tell you, if you're looking to reduce the stress levels in your life, if you're looking to reduce the anxiety in your life, and if you're looking to be a little kinder to your nervous system and stay hydrated, consider your caffeine intake. It could really be wreaking havoc on your whole body. The third way that coffee was, <laughs> the third way that my use of caffeine, my, my use of coffee was affecting my quality of life was it really put me into a place where I became very biased about the way I was eating. So I'm a big proponent of intermittent fasting, right? I fast for 16 to 20 hours every day. But I was, I was using coffee to kind of cut down the hunger pangs. I used coffee as, a, as an appetite suppressant and I would fast into the middle of the day. And I, I, I don't think there's really anything worse you can do to your, to your gut than pour coffee in, into an empty gut first thing in the morning. And I did it for six, seven years. So I'm only now realizing um, how I kind of played myself, right? What I've been able to do now, uh, having stopped drinking coffee, is just accept you can eat earlier in the day and if you still want to do these 16, 20 hour fasts, just stop eating sooner in the in late afternoon, early evening, and you can still get that time fasted and then eat in the morning. Don't use coffee as a meal replacement. It, it really just ratchets up the anxiety. You know, a friend of mine, he, he, he's notorious. This guy can fast for 36 hours sometimes. And it's, I'm really in awe of his ability to do it. And I said, well, don't you get like anxious when you fast for a long time? And he said, no. I said, well, I do. He said, well, are you drinking 
are you drinking caffeinated coffee while you're doing these fasts? It's like, yeah. He's like, well, there's the anxiety, you know? We as humans, and again, I'm not telling you to, 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 to do intermittent fasting, like look into it for yourself, but I choose to do it. It really helps keep the fat, the body fat down. It helps with a lot of mental processes. It really is a wonderful thing um, to not be always digesting. Um, but I, I really realize now how I, I really screwed the whole thing up for years on end by thinking that coffee was the way to get me through the fast. It, it really is not the case for me anyway. In fact, you know, a lot of people get like the uh, a pain in their in their stomach from drinking coffee. Um, obviously, that's not an issue for myself anymore. I can honestly say that I can fast better. I can fast comfortably without coffee. All right, let's talk quickly about how I quit drinking coffee. I went easy. There's no way I could go cold turkey. There's just is no way. The headaches I think would have been would have been a nightmare. And it just why make life even that much more unenjoyable uh, where I was at. Truly, what I did in September of this this past year, I just started slowly cutting in ground up decaf coffee with ground up regular coffee. Truly, I think I was doing three or four scoops of the ground up regular coffee to one scoop of decaf. And then maybe after two weeks, shifted to three to one, two to one. Then I was at equal parts decaf and calf. And then made that shift where now I had more decaf coffee in with the caffeinated. And of course, I, I was grinding the beans every day and blending up this blend of of half and half. This I think is the way to quit, at least for me, a lot of habits is is incrementally like that. It's like, it's the same way that I quit looking at um, sexual media and pornography online. I couldn't just do it all at once. It was, you know, you had to grab a hold of the reins once and stop yourself today. And then tomorrow, all right, you're not strong enough to do it. You let it go. I, I do think the coffee model that I used is the way to quit these bad habits if you are afforded the time, right? Like if it's not a life-threatening pursuit that you're after, if it's something softer like coffee that you want to quit, give yourself the time to just get off that horse incrementally, right? So then eventually what happened was was by December of this year, I was now drinking fully decaf coffee. And you may be saying, well, there's still caffeine in decaf, and that is true. That is true. According to what I've read, it's something about two milligrams of caffeine in a cup of decaf compared to 80, 90, 100 milligrams of caffeine um, in a regular cup of coffee. So, you know, uh, it wasn't until the last few weeks that I fully went off decaf as well. So we may say that maybe I haven't truly been off caffeine as long as I'd like to say, but um, that would be my advice to you if you're looking to quit. It's what worked for me. Start to just ease yourself off it. I think I think you'll find uh, it'll be a lot more enjoyable of a process. You know, you'll feel a lot more accomplished when you say, well, I quit for three days and then went back on it. It's like, I didn't quit. I just started to do less and less to the point where I was down to zero eventually. So there you have it. If you find that you have issues with stress, with anxiety, with feeling antagonized, feeling challenged, feeling like life has an edge to it for no apparent reason, chronic dehydration, chronic urination, poor sleep, poor energy. Uh, if you're using coffee as a meal uh, replacement and then not having the nutritional or uh, physical outcomes that you'd like to have, let's put two and two together here. Caffeine is not necessarily your friend. It may have uses, you know, <laughs> If you're a parent or you're a struggling student, you may need to use caffeine to uh, to keep you awake. But uh, as a as a everyday thing, as a lifestyle thing, for me, it just quit working. So consider 
Consider that for yourself if you're looking uh, at living a better life, right? Uh, stress, anxiety, depression, even. Maybe quit the stimulants. You know, that's what someone was good enough to tell me and I'm trying to push that forward. So with that in mind, uh, I'd love to hear your story about your use of caffeine. Please get in touch with me through Facebook. I'll leave a, a link to my profile uh, in the notes below. And uh, let's have a conversation about quitting the things that are that are not so kind to us and, and quitting those things that we maybe didn't even know were a problem until we were able to sort of look back in hindsight and keep that conversation going. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And until we speak again, please remember that better is possible. <laughs>